0: Well, good morning and my welcome to Tim's, especially if you're new or you're visiting us and also welcome if you're watching uh, online. It's good to have you, have you with us and, and sharing. Uh, it's one of those uh, kind of uh, times of year, isn't it? As Tim has said, incredibly, uh, incredibly busy with lots of different things that are, are going on. Uh, so many rugby matches to watch. It's just a, a challenge to know where to start, isn't it? You know? Who watched, uh, who watched some rugby yesterday? Anyone in there? Yeah, a few people watch rugby. Who deliberately avoided the rugby yesterday? Yeah, there's a few people. But it's a great time of year because there's stuff for you as well, um, isn't there? Strictly Come X Factor is on at the moment and uh, you, know, you, can do all of those, you can do all of those things. What a, what a wonderful time to be alive. What a wonderful time to know how your licence fee is being used. That's what I feel when I watch Strictly Come X Factor or whatever it's called. So, today, Remembrance Sunday, it's one of those tough ones, isn't it? Uh, there's, a, there's a desire to express careful remembering. There's a, there's a desire that we share, as Tim has already really helpfully led us into this morning, to, to want to sensitively and appropriately and rightly honour those who've given their lives in, in war. The, sh- the sheer scale of it is... Just so hard. I mean, I I was watching, you know, the rugby yesterday and I I was thinking, Owen, why didn't you go for that penalty at that point? But I was also thinking, you know, those, whatever Wembley, um, sorry, Twickenham, holds. You know, I was just sort of thinking, if, if if that was the faces of those who gave their lives, the, the, the staggering, staggering numbers of people. There's a story, if, you, if you're on the, the news websites, there's a story about one family. Actually, it's a, a wonderful story. They sent eight, uh, eight of their children, eight boys, went to, went to war in World War I, only one of whom, whom was killed. There's a, there's a remarkable story there. But you'll also know there are stories of families who sent three, four, five, six brothers and husbands, and they never came back. So we want to do something today about this careful remembering, this careful honouring, don't we? But, but Tim is again, and our communion has has already our our communion with Jesus, our sharing in the bread and the wine, our, our, our somehow expressing the truth that although every one of us is bound in time and space in a particular body, a particular moment in history, we're also, because we're in Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are in him, in Christ, we are also connected, interconnected, with God's unfolding story. So, so we know that this, this kind of poppy remembering is not meant to just be a, a remembering back. But it's also meant to be a remembering that makes a difference to the way that we live. We know that. That's why so many of our young people and others are at parades across the, across the town and across the, the region. Because we want our young people to know that you remember to make a difference. It doesn't honour anyone to remember the sacrifice made in the past if it makes no difference to how you live. Because that's the horror of why, you know, how World War I went into World War II and then all the conflicts that, that have come since. We're, we're exploring this autumn, our, our vision as a, as a church and God's given us, it's, it's one of those things quite unashamedly I've always expected that our, our language to describe the picture that God is painting for us as a church would emerge. That it would never be something that, that only one person would get and then give, sort of deliver as a neat little package to a church family. My understanding of God's vision is that, yes, some of us have responsibility to put it into words, but it's, it's us, it's community. We are together in Christ. And so we've, we've found some words that we've been using and they were expressed in that little wonderful film. All in with God, all in with each other and all in for the world. At first I wondered if all in was just a little kind of summary phrase until we came up with something better and and deeper and uh, apparently more serious. And then as I I prayed and thought and as an SLT and others as we've prayed and thought, actually we've discovered there's an energy in those words. All in with God, all in with each other, all in for the world. Actually they're rich theologically, biblically rich words all in with God with each other and for the world. We've been noticing three themes as they're on the slide for us there as well. Three themes that help us turn that vision into action. It's this, it's this business about how we position ourselves before God. That's what it means to be all in with him. As we think about all in with each other, we're thinking about partnering. And then all in for the world is about planting new things. And as I, I prepared to share this morning, I just found myself, perhaps for the obvious reasons, that as leader here, I somehow want this vision to land. As leader here, I know that you can never communicate enough. But I also found this framework just so so matching with this question about what does it mean to remember the sacrifice of so many in a way that makes a difference For now and for the future. Because this is what Jesus calls us to. Matthew 5, verse 9, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Not blessed if you are peacemakers. Not blessed when you are, not not ifs and whens, but as an expectation, as a, as a normal what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ in the 21st century. When you are peacemakers, then you will be called the children of God. You want to be a child of God, you have to be in the business of peacemaking. And so, first of all, I want us to notice that you, you can't be in the business of peacemaking if you're not all in with God, first and foremost, and his purposes in the world, if you're not positioning yourself before him. Because, you know, we share. Across all the communities, across all kinds of people of faith and no faith, we 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 share a shared reaction to the reality, the horror of war, to to this terrible exchange that goes on. We recognise it, even if we're someone who claims as a as a sort of more aggressive atheist that there is no overarching worldview. Well, yet you still feel, they still feel this this. Terrible, deceitful exchange that happens where the wealth and the resources that are given to the whole world are, are, are greedily grabbed by just a, by just a few. Where, where rule, just rule is exchanged for oppression and abuse and exploitation. Where relationships of trust and peace are exchanged for distrust for envy, for force. You know, in the same way that everyone has to answer the question, why do we understand universally the nature of true love? No one has to teach you what real love, true love looks like. No one has to teach us what fake love is like. Where does that sense of the reality of love come from? In the same way, Where does our sense of evil and wrongness come from? We share a sense with so many of the problem. How sad it is then that we don't share a sense with all about the solution. That the only way to answer and address evil is to go to God, to be all in with him. You see, our English word for peace from Latin, pax, is is all about the absence of hostility. It's it's it, that when we use the word peace in the way that it comes to us from that Latin, Greek, and Latin thinking, it's as I say about the absence. It's about making a treaty. It's about a temporary situation, the avoidance of strife. But but when we position ourselves before God, what we what we have is the Hebrew word shalom. And shalom is not about the negative, about the absence. Shalom is about the positive, the very presence of harmony and wholeness and completeness. Peace in a Greco Roman kind of way of thinking is temporary, can be partial, provisional, a treaty. For a time, peace positioned before our God, peace going to God and saying, who are you and what does your nature look like and feel like is permanent, whole. It's that harmony that we have painted for us as a picture at the beginning of our Bibles, isn't it, in Genesis Wholeness, harmony, God and Adam and Eve, Adam with Eve, Eve with Adam. It's completeness, it's harmony, it's the presence of peace. It's not a, a temporary contract that they've made between each other. It's not a treaty, it's a covenant. Shalom, peace, wholeness, harmony is the deepest desire of the human hearts and the horror of war, the horror of conflict and evil has to point us there. If in any sense, as Tim was again just helpfully reflecting, if in any sense you're here today with a search with, a, with a, a sense of conflict within you. then it starts with being all in with God. It starts with positioning to understand the true nature of peace. Because this is his... Promises, this, these two verses of so many that I could have picked out in the Psalms. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And words that we're going to hear in our Christmas carols uh, from Isaiah, prophet Isaiah, thousands of years before Jesus was born. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And again, just two of so many verses. Peace is God's promise and peace is God's provision, God's creation. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, By putting our faith in Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, his rising to life, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, writes Paul to the Philippian church, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Greek in that word all is whole every kind of the word guard means to you know someone watching in advance for you protecting you the word hearts in that in that in that phrase there from paul means the middle of us and the mind is our intellect and our purpose this is peace And if these poppies then, if this this that we share in at this time of the year, this remembering is to make any difference. If it is to express, if it is to lead to change and to difference, then it won't be a worldly way of thinking about peace that will... Drive us and fire us, but also encourage us and challenge us. It will be a godly sense of peace, of shalom. We won't be celebrating. It's a good thing to celebrate, but we won't be only celebrating that there haven't been yet a World War III. We won't be celebrating the absence of be celebrating the presence of our God. Some will say, you can't, Andrew, reconcile this image of God, this understanding of God as peace with the God we see in the Old Testament. Not true, not true. Throughout the whole of Scripture, throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament, there is a pattern of grace. There are the centuries and the generations of God warning people about the consequences of evil. There is the the provision of messengers, of prophets. There is the truth that God's judgment, the consequences of evil only come After the years and the years of the expression of God's desire and heart and nature, peace, reconciliation, grace. The second thing that people may say is, how do you reconcile this understanding of God as shalom, as the source of peace, as the, the very thing that you're, you're wanting and desiring as you see those images of the battlefields? How, how do you reconcile that with the fact that there isn't yet peace? And of course, as Christians, we know that Remembrance Sunday is one of those times where you are most sharply faced with the reality of the, the kingdom of God timeline." It is both now and not yet. Through what Jesus did on the cross, we are saved from the penalty of sin and evil. One day we will be saved even from the presence of evil and sin. Now we are being saved though from the power. Step by step. Day by day, moment by moment, if we position ourselves with God. This is one of those days when you can strive. It's one of those days when you really can think, we just need to try and do better. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is one of those days to sit at the feet of our God. To be all in with him. You can't share. You can't be a shalom maker, a peacemaker, if you have not experienced peace. Shalom yourself. You want to change the world. Who do you start with? You start with yourself. You see, if we're not, as a church family, truly all in with God then everything we do will only ever be a partial reflection of wholeness and completeness and all that he wants to give to us. Believe me, I know as an activist how hard it is not to jump to the next bits that I'm going to describe. Believe me, how much I would love us in every arena certainly in this thing of peace to be able to immediately grab things to do I'd love it but God says you have to start Andrew you have to start Trinity you have to start my world world people by sitting at my feet you cannot share Shalom. You cannot be a peacemaker if you have not experienced the depth and reality of peace yourself. But yes, we are called, I believe, to be all in with each other as well and to partner and here's some words that Paul wrote to another church in, in, from Rome he wrote from Rome Romans 12 17 to 21 because this stuff lands this stuff does as I say we remember to make a difference he wrote this never pay back evil with more evil do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable Are you known as a peacemaker or a troublemaker, he might have said. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. The word peacemaker is made up of two parts. A true and proper understanding of peace And then a Greek verb for making. And it's a verb of energy. It's a verb of intentional action. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. This world is ugly. This world is violent. This world does have so much hate in it. And Jesus sends us as peacemakers, as shalom bringers. It's costly it cost Jesus everything. On the cross, he embodied shalom. He brought harmony, and they killed him. And he says, Take up your cross and follow me. Friends, there's something here in what Paul writes about understanding Christian forgiving. Forgiveness is not forgive and forget. Christian forgiving is not saying what you've done that is wrong is okay and somehow suddenly becomes right. But Christian forgiving is to choose to give hurt into God's hands. Being all in with each other is about how we learn to forgive each other. It's as William Barclay, the the commentator on the Bible, says people who produce right relationships in every situation. Actively seeking reconciliation of people with God and with one another. It's challenging, it's risky. Eating with your enemies is not easy. It is good news, the divine work of God. It's the Holy Spirit in us, not in our own strength. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. But it, it requires initiative and intention, this peace making, Jesus said, so if you're offering your gifts on the altar... And there you remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother. And then come and offer your gift. We have to see and look for the planks in our own eyes. First but friends in our community are we known as peacemakers are we people of peace and do we do we go about the business of making being all in with each other is again just what it says all in If we want to experience the the richness of what God wants to take us into as a church, I think God is saying, can I trust you with more? I've trusted you with so much. I am trusting you with so much. I'd love to trust you with even more. But it will be the quality of our relationships. By your love will people know who Jesus is. We could run a thousand Alpha courses a year. And God, by his grace, blesses an imperfect tool, doesn't he? But if we do not have love, if we do not have love as a church family, if we are not all in with this peacemaking, it will be a hollow, a hollow clanging gong, won't it? How many of us had 1 Corinthians 13 read at weddings or other occasions? So Jesus said in Matthew eighteen fifteen sixteen is this is this for me is this for me today I'm saying that seriously is this for me is this for you today is this for our community today If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offence. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if but if you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again, so that everything you say may be confirmed. By by two or three witnesses. Now, now, Paul's not saying uh, Jesus was not saying gang up on each other. I've got more witnesses than you've got, but he was saying being intentional. He was saying be peacemakers, shalom bringers. He was saying. Be open and honest. He was saying, talk to each other about stuff that causes conflict. He was saying, let others give you wise counsel. He was definitely saying, don't sweep it under the carpet. He was definitely saying, being partly in will be enough. He was, he was not saying, be a little bit in with the things that you like being in about, but don't worry about everything else. He was saying to me, to you, to us, be all in with this peacemaking. Seek the reconciliation that is the nature of God, his gift to you. Some very simple tips. If you don't know about how to handle conflict, well, you take the initiative. You find something truthful to say sorry for. There's always something that you can truthfully say sorry for. Remove fuel from the fire. Just take anything out that you can that is inflaming, is bringing heat rather than light. Focus on the issue, not personality, not you did, what's the issue? Explore the options and agree what to do together. And if we do that somehow in God's grace, very finally and shortly, then I believe we can be all in for the world in this business of peacemaking. We can be planting such new and wonderful things. I haven't got time to go into today, but I, I don't believe the Bible advocates pacifism. I, I respect those who do understand it in those ways. I don't understand it in that way. I do believe there are times where evil has to be confronted in a physical way. I do believe that God's worrying against sin and evil includes the necessary and sometimes protection of the innocent by force. I do believe, to quote the just war theory, it has to be the last resort. It has to be that the evil you use in pursuing war is less than the evil you're trying to confront. Very difficult with modern day weapons of mass destruction. But more even than that, more even actually than that, I believe in the potency and the scope of shalom. I believe that if we are all in with God and going to the source of peace, if we then seek to live that out together, all in with each other as we partner, I then believe that we can plant we can be peacemakers, shalom bringers in all of the places that we, that we go. Yesterday there were 97 women in Trinity House thinking about what does it mean to live out your faith on the front line of being a woman in the home, in business, in, in society. That's where the business is done. The business is kind of, there's something about the beginning of a week here. But the ministry of our church, the mission of our church is you. Tomorrow. Or later today. That's where the real stuff happens. You want to be a peace bringer, a shalom maker bringer where you are it's not passive it's not actually well my office is a reasonably you know my business is my home is a kind of you know we're having a bit of a treaty on pass at the moment there's a lot of stuff simmering under the surface but it's okay at the moment because it's that's not God God wants the presence of wholeness and completeness. Where is your influence? That question, that beautiful, wonderful question from the GLS Summit, from John Maxwell. Every single one of us has influence. Nobody else can be you. No one else can have your personality. No one else can have your exact network of relationships. Where is your mission field? In this business of shalom. Tomorrow you may take off your poppy. And either save it for next year or. But do not take off. The clothes. Of peacemaking. Where is Your influence to be a bringer. Where is God even now prompting you, however costly, however risky? Yes, yes, take the initiative. Andrew can't do it for you, Tim can't do it for you, your church can't do it for you, no one else can do it for you. In a wonderful, glorious, commissioning, God-filled, bananas, upside-down world kind of way, yes, it's you. Where can you live as these, this last slide as I put up before we come into land and come into pray. So slide 17 please. Where can you live thankfully? See this is, these things are for me what it means actually in, at heart to be a person of peace, a person of shalom, a person who, who brings all that God This is what planting, I mean yes one day I think God will lead us to plant some new churches but first I think he wants us to plant wherever we are and this is what it looks like. Living thankfully, living thankfully for what God has done in your life. Reliant on God, not on yourself and able to use your gifts with with pride Uh, Not Sorry, able to use your gifts without pride or false pride. Completely the opposite of what I was just about to say. You know, in interview questions, when people ask me, what's, Andrew, your biggest weakness? I say, sometimes I just care too much. We do that, don't we? When some people say, what's your gifts? How easy it is to just wrongly and falsely shift. But living thankfully with God... Being a person of peace is actually living easily. Do you live openly? You don't need to promote yourself, you don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to put on a kind of a front. You can forgive easily in an appropriate way because well you know it's God who is judge of all, not you. Do you live humbly? Not a doormat. Jesus was not a doormat, was he? But humble people don't need to fight their corner, fight for their rights. Humble people are able to diffuse arguments in your, in your, at your school gates, in your business, in your home. Are you someone who diffuses? Are you someone who brings peace? In my experience as a slightly sort of uncomfortable dad at the school gate, every school gate has at least a few people who are slightly ostracised. Are you the one? Is that what God is saying? In that office tomorrow, is... is is there something which is, yes, you're right. It, there's wrongness in it, but has your attitude to be it? Has the way you've handled that dispute in your business been, been a, a bringing of peace? Have you been acting out of relationship with God or a worldly way? As you think this afternoon about whether you do or you don't make that Sunday afternoon phone call to that member of your family. Because I I know God prompts us in these ways. What does it mean to be a peace maker? That's incredibly hard. And please don't hear me saying that in a flippant way. And living lovingly. Last one. Because it all begins and starts with love. In the love we have been shown by God. In Jesus Christ. I'm 55 years old. I know, you can't believe it. I don't know how many more years of... Life, I've got. I don't know how many more years of ministry I've got, but I'm definitely at that age where I don't want to waste any time. And I know for me, Andrew, and I just, you know, I think it is us. It's about being all in. I want to be all in with God, I want to be all in with you as a community, as people, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to be all in for the world. And if that means being a peacemaker, well, that's what my Lord has called me to. So I hope you know I've been preaching to myself. Maybe you've joined in the conversation as well. Shall we stand if we're able to?